Hey, welcome back to the Daily Blend Show with me, Reed Daly. Today is Tuesday, February 23rd. This is episode 22 of this show. And for those listening who normally hear this show on Fridays, sort of the thinking here was that we missed a couple Fridays in a row. And a lot of that has to do with just the unfoldings of the week and running out of bandwidth. So the thinking is that we're going to move the show to Tuesdays, which gives me a little more planning on the weekends and allows me to record the bulk of the show over the weekends and Monday and then post it on Tuesday. So net-net, the show's going to be on Tuesday for the foreseeable future. So really excited to talk about a couple of the uh, stories this week. First of all, we're going to really address some of the gains or sort of branding of Adidas and their inroads into, of all things, golf. I know you probably thought I was going to talk about Yeezys or something. Next, we're going to talk about how podcasts keep growing, like this one. Then we're going to talk about how Google is warning about the impacts of COVID on their culture and what they really mean. Microsoft launches Viva, the all-new extension to their digital workplace. Tequila and The Rock make some significant landmark sales. And Sonos might be hinting at some headphones. And of course, closing out the show, talking about Nikes and sneakers. I mean, what else are we going to do? So don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe me and Daily Blend. So that's just at Daily Blend on Twitter and Instagram and dailyblend.com. And you can find me, Reed Daily, at Twitter and Instagram. With all that said, let's jump into the show. So our first story comes in from Adidas, and I know you guys probably figured I'd be talking about Yeezy or something like that, but actually it's Adidas Golf. And the really, it's a focus from Golf.com piece that was featuring their head of golf, uh, Jeff Leinhart, who was a veteran of the golf industry. If you look at his LinkedIn profile, he had experience with TaylorMade, he had experience with Nike, among others, and really just talking about how the Adidas is really trying to capitalize on golf's popularity due to COVID. And if you've listened to this show, you've noticed or, or heard me talk about the fact that there was a massive uptick in the number of rounds last year. And that was mostly due to it was the only thing you could do in COVID because you couldn't play any other sports, you couldn't go anywhere. So people took advantage of that opportunity and doubled down and played golf. Now, You've had brands like Nike who have embraced, you know, Tiger Woods in the past and and probably are seeing some of that fruits of those labors, you know, 15 or 20 years later. You've got independent brands like our good friends at Cricket Shirts who we've had on the show and they're doing a fantastic job of bringing that sort of heritage vibe to golf. You've got new brands like PXG who are bringing a more cutting edge look and feel to golf. Um, and then, of course, you've got my favorite uh, token CEO, head honcho, uh, Erica Nardini and her Barstool Sports uh, group, who are doing some really fun stuff in and around golf and, and the merchandising side of things. And so how does this kind of bring full circle to Adidas? Well, Adidas is trying to emulate some of the things that I would argue PXG has been doing really well at which is bridging the on the golf to gas station view, as they call it, or I say from the course to, you know, whatever activity you got to go do next, um, acti- you know, look and feel. And so Adidas is really trying to bring, I wouldn't call it like streetwear, 
uh, that's too extreme. But they're really trying to bring sort of that like uh, post uh, golf look and feel to the course. I also think they're trying to bring some of their tech uh, by way of boost and bounce um, into some of their golf shoes. And if you've noticed, you know, DJ, who's the number one golfer uh, right now in the world, is wearing a lot of uh, boost uh, footwear. Uh, you probably saw it at the Masters and other tournaments. And I, I'm really just excited as a fan of Adidas and a fan of golf to see more dollars being spent towards golf to improve, you know, the apparel side, uh, the tech side. And I'm looking forward to kind of what they're going to reveal in 2021. Just based on their footwear rollout thus far, I think they've added probably about 10 to 15 more SKUs when I looked on their website. And I expect to see a continued uptick after the players and certainly rolling into the Masters. What's interesting to me is you don't hear a lot from brands like Mizuno or Wilson's, which I think is strange because both brands have sort of sister brands or sub sub brands within their portfolio, and they could uh, easily sort of use this as a catapult to relaunch their brands or, or bring new energy to both of their brands, both in terms of the clubs and the apparel. And while I've seen some sort of rumblings of this in Mizuno and Mizuno.com, I'd love to see more of you know, them uh, bringing new products and services uh, to the market and just seeing uh, a general increase in the overall ecosystem. Our next story comes in from iHeartMedia, who just cut a nice $230 million check to acquire EW Scribs. Uh, for their technology and advertising business in and around podcasts. They were quoted as saying, podcasts has quickly grown over the past five years, and the players in the space are vying for listeners and increasing advertising revenues. The medium now attracts more than 100 million monthly active listeners, according to Edison Research. So why does this really matter? Well, you've got a massive arms race happening across Spotify Apple, Amazon, Sirius, iHeartMedia, um, to all land interesting new ways of thinking about podcasts. You've got shows like mine that really are talking about news and interviewing individuals. You have others that are sort of short or long-form stories. You have some that are extremely long-form interviews. I think all these podcasts are fantastic. I think even though you saw maybe a little bit of a dip at the beginning of COVID, as soon as we go back to work, people are going to be very interested in consuming that information and content as they commute back and forth from work in about a year. So you've really got a series of businesses sort of arming themselves up from a content standpoint and a technology and an analytics standpoint so that they can start monetizing these podcasts a year from now, knock on wood, when we start going back to the office. Our third story comes in from Google talking about how COVID could have an impact on their culture. And what I find interesting on this is the fact that Google's highlighting this story. And sure, if you've ever been on Google's campus or known someone who's worked at Google or one of these other sort of large tech companies, you know that the you know, culture or employee experience is fantastic. They gave away free lunches, free gym, free you know, you name it. It was just a fantastic experience if you were an employee. 
And while I totally agree with the fact that COVID will likely have some impacts on the employee experience, you'll have fewer people in the office, there'll have to be more cleaning, you probably can't be as close to people, there'll be more contact tracing. What I'm thinking, just reading between the lines here, and I have no proof for this, obviously, is the fact that Google is saying it's going to cost more to run a business if we're going to bring all these people back on site. And I think what's interesting, just from a workforce enablement standpoint, is how organizations are going to budget for this. Because yes, you want to bring people back on site, but you've got to do it in a really thoughtful, mindful, and meaningful manner for people to come on site and feel safe and to bring value to your organization. And I think you're going to see interesting new business models pop up where companies may be divested from some of their real estate and now are looking for like the WeWork-like experience or some sort of form of that. And it's really going to be the balance of how do you define or enable a culture in an organization and balance sort of the spend or lack thereof for this physical or kind of hybrid workforce. And I think Google's just ahead of the, the, the mass here. And it'll be a, a very interesting sort of next 18 to 24 months as more and more companies look to move back to either a fully on-site or hybrid workforce. Our fourth story comes in from Microsoft and their new platform, Viva. It's a digital workplace environment. It really has a couple different capabilities. The first is it helps organize content. The second that it does some light sort of LMS. The third thing it does sort of insights or capturing information and serving it up. And if you've listened to the show, you've known that that sort of last piece is what I'm most interested in is how can we do some listening and recommendations inside the organization to say, you know, Bob, Susie, and Johnny are all talking about sort of a same thing, but maybe in our different business units or different geographical areas. And let's serve it up where we actually just go ahead and schedule that meeting and say, you know, the three of you are talking about similar topics. Let's, you know, have a meeting and talk about those topics. I think also you're going to see, you know, tools like Microsoft and other software are going to uh, only further enhance and update at a more uh, rapid pace and employees have a hard time keeping up. And I think the fact that they're deploying some sort of light learning management solution will be an interesting thing for people to leverage. I know that we're starting to look at, you know, how do we get our people um, in our organization and, and organizations I work with, you know, new skills faster in a more seamless manner. And, you know, it's great that Microsoft is really tapping into this, building some more features in their toolkit. Our fifth story is talking about one of the things near and dear to my heart, and that is tequila. And in this situation, we're talking about an article written by a young woman named Carla Al Andonia, and I am completely just destroying the pronunciation of her last name, so I apologize for that. But she wrote a fantastic article in Forbes about 10 tequilas you should try. And I will link to her um, accounts on social media and the Forbes article as a result of just, just totally crushing the pronunciation of her last name. But enough about my shortcomings there. Let's talk about her article. 
So it's very interesting because she writes about sort of luxury lifestyle things with a focus on food and spirits. And in the article, she really talked about a couple of the tequilas she's been enjoying. There's 10 in total and kind of why you should try them out and enjoy them. And I think it's really, you know, perfect timing because one of my favorite tequilas of COVID was Termana by The Rock. Look, it's about $29, $31, somewhere in that, that range. It's got heavy vanilla notes and tastes like a cheaper version of Casamigos, in my opinion. And it's just a darn good everyday drinker. I typically have a glass two or three days a week, and I think it's fantastic. He just shipped his 400th uh, case, which I guess is setting some fantastic records. So congratulations to The Rock. But um, I highly recommend you know, you're not only trying Terramana, but heading to dailyblend.com and having a, a look at the Forbes article uh, by Carla and sort of having a look at her, you know, other recipes. She did one about 13 easy mezcal cocktails. I mean, she's got a whole host of things. And I think basically her recipes and sort of insights are going to get me through COVID till I would say Labor Day uh, if I've done my math right. So have a look, uh, have a taste, if you will, and enjoy. And let's move into the next story. Our next story is jumping into a rumor from Sonos. And so this is really talking about the fact that there is a rumor that Sonos is dropping a new product and actually, it's two new products, but we're really going to highlight one of them. The first is the fact that they might be talking about a smaller portable speaker. And we sort of highlighted this a couple weeks ago. But this one is actually talking about a headphone. And a lot of people would say, well, why would I want a Sonos headphone? And I thought about it for a second. Well, Sonos makes fantastic audio equipment in the house. But what if they did headphones? And what I love about Sonos amongst the other sort of products or music products in my toolkit is the fact that when I'm at my phone or more importantly my laptop, I have the Sonos app and it has all of my different listening platforms. So I've got my Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, Sirius, etc., etc. And it would be really nice if I could kind of control access to all of those through a simple app that would push to my headphones. I also like the fact, obviously, that Sonos does a fantastic job of doing audio with speakers. One would assume if they would make four roads into headphones, they would also be fantastic. Based on the design, they look slick. I would probably be willing to spend, I would say, 250 to 300 If you start hitting that 350 range, I'm going to probably say pass, but that's just me. Um, I'll be interested in if Sonos thinks they're that ultra premium price point for whatever Apple's charging. I hope they don't. Uh, I'm really looking for that 300 price point to be more like Beats or some of the Bose products that have come out of late. Our last story comes in from Nike. And, you know, it's not a Daily Blend show if I'm not talking about music or shoes. And, you know, I've got to probably close it out with a little bit of shoes here. And what's interesting to me is Nike has launched a slip-on shoe that you actually might like. And this shoe is really designed and targeted to people who need it, right, who have some sort of um, 
issue where, you know, they're just not able to, um, you know, get on their shoes in a seamless fashion. And this was tailored for them. And hats off to Nike for continuing to innovate and thinking about, you know, a broad set of use cases for folks of all different types. Uh, as a sneakerhead, I'm just excited because I actually think this, like, looks really cool from a sneaker standpoint. Um, I think the design language is fantastic. And as someone who's, you know, in their house all day, every day, you know, just having something to slip on and off with without the use of my hand is just really kind of slick and neat. Um, I'm looking forward to, you know, getting my hands on this shoe and, you know, getting the opportunity to use it and, and hats off to Nike for continuing to uh, invest time and resources to projects like this. I know this was cart, uh, actually part of the sort of the, the uh, Nike mag uh, project or thinking behind it. So, you know, seriously, Nike, nice job here and can't wait to have uh, an opportunity to purchase these and, and wear them um, and, and enjoy some really slick design language that uh, does a nice job for folks in need. So that wraps it up for this episode of the Daily Blend Show. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe. Me, Read Daily, on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget to head to dailyblend.com and follow Daily Blend on Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe to this show. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And hope you enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Talk soon.